Hi there, welcome to Stoke to Be Here. This is um, a podcast by Steeler Tandem, where I am the back half. That is, I'm sat on the back as the stoker of our tandem with my husband, Stevie. And in 2022, we plan to cycle it around the world and break the world record. And as part of our preparations, we're speaking to lots of different people from the world of cycling and endurance. And today we are speaking to Richard, who um, is the world record holder for um penny farthing riding from land's end to john o'groats which is is quite a exceptional achievement hi there richard <laughs> hello how are you doing <laughs> very well thank you um Good. so yes it's obviously we've we've both kind of <laughs> decided to go our own way on on slightly different types of bicycles from from the standard um but have you have you always been into cycling? Is is it something that you took up fairly recently, or, or how how did you get started? No, I've all, I think I've always had bikes around somewhere. Um, I got I got a photograph of me on a, on a tricycle when I was three, which I found recently on my mum's house. So I've, there's always been a bike around somewhere, um, but uh, for a long time they were just um, you know a toy or a bit of fun. You know, not I've uh, not always been to racing bikes. That uh, that happened fairly late in life, really, for me. Um, my family, uh, my parents weren't particularly involved with sport, weren't interested in watching it or understanding it. So I didn't really understand sport um, until I, I got a bike and started time trialing in my, in my mid-30s to try and stop smoking because I was desperately oh, wow. unfit. <laughs> I, try, I tried to stop smoking quite a few different ways and just couldn't knock it. And uh, I know yeah, why, it's just one of those, just one of those weird things. <laughs> Yeah, it was looking in the local paper. Um, the, the, I don't know why. Looking in the local paper, the, the sports results, and I was looking at time trialing, thinking, oh, "I wonder if I give that a go." That's bicycles. I can ride a bike. Two weeks later, you know. Oh <laughs> you goodness! Can, yeah, so straight in the deep end. <laughs> straight in the deep end. You can't try and, and you know be be competitive on a bike and smoke. It just doesn't work, does it? So uh, yeah, in yeah. a couple of weeks, I've knocked it. So that, that that was it. That was what launched me into bike racing. I think oh, yeah, my family that's... wondered what was going to happen to me. <laughs> yeah, I think mine have as well. Once my my long distance stuff took off, so yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a great Smoking ad for not. how yeah. to quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works, so I don't mind. And as a consequence, you know, introduced me to uh, all sorts of wonderful things you can do on bikes, and all the fantastic people you meet, and the friends that you make. You know, it, it transformed my life, and you know, not just giving up smoking. That's that's almost accidental you know, incidental sorry you know the, yeah. the joy of, of uh, discovering different sorts of cycling and what you can do with it it's just fantastic isn't it fantastic yeah and then how did it how did it how did you end up on a penny farthing essentially did you just get an interest in different sorts of bikes or was there a specific kind of moment or, or you know experience as it were well I think the moment actually was when I was about 12 I remember seeing a photograph of one in the Guardian and I, and I cut it out I remember cutting it out of the paper and pinning it on my bedroom wall thinking one day I'll have one of those and then you know a while later it got torn off my bedroom wall and forgotten about but it just sowed a little seed in the back of my mind and uh, once I started cycling competitively I, I, I enjoyed time trialing for a few years and then once I got bored of it but it just you know I think I'd tried everything I was probably going to try with time trialing and uh Tried a bit of mountain biking and a bit of cyclocross, and then I don't know, just something different. And there's this fantastic race with penny farthings that only happens once every 10 years. Oh, wow. Which happens in Nutsford in Cheshire. And I'd heard this mentioned as a kind of almost mythological thing, you know, never quite knew <laughs> where it was. 
Yeah. And then I saw a reference on a forum late one night. I was browsing some cycling forum in the days when people used forums, you know, discussion pages. And there was a thing, entries here for the nuts for a great race. Enter now, it feels quick. So immediately I entered, like on the spot, you know, got an entry form straight yeah. away. Um, and then realised I'd never ridden one and didn't know anybody who'd got one. So. <laughs> so, you had and to I, look into thought, that pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a few months in advance of I entered because riders enter from, and riders come from all over the world. It is a fabulous event, and the best riders come from all around the world to compete in this thing. So I found somebody who got an old Victorian machine to lend me, and I learned how to ride it sort of, you know, quite badly. Uh, yeah. And it was just going to be a, like a one-day bit of fun. And I went to this this event, and it was just so joyous. It was so much fun yeah uh, huge crowd i don't know four or five thousand people in the park in nutsford you know racing in front of them and they're all cheering and clapping and shouting you know don't experience this very often <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, uh i raced with a team we did a relay race uh it's a three-hour endurance race and uh, we, we weren't really up to ride and sing properly and uh, start to fall apart on us i think we came pretty much last but it was such good fun i, I sort of yeah. left thinking you know, I want to, I want to discover more about penny farthing and experience some more of this. So, uh, went away and built a penny farthing so I couldn't afford a Victorian one that was rideable. Oh, and just sort of uh, just sort of got carried away with it, really. Yeah. Wow. Um, and did it take long to to learn it? I mean, it to me it looks like quite a skill, even even getting up there, <laughs> even mountain yeah, things. Um, they're actually if you if you if you're a cyclist and you can I mean the, the thing with bikes is even like a normal bike um if you're tense and you're scared of it it all goes rigid and wobbly yeah. which on a normal bike is okay because you're close to the ground but on a penny farthing uh you, you're quite high up and um if anything goes wrong when you're riding you tend to go head first over the front uh, and land on your your head or your, your hands and your wrists so it's, uh, it's not advisable so yeah to start with they're a little bit sketchy to ride they're a bit nervous but um as soon as you can relax uh, the bike relaxes and then, then they're lovely to ride they're really nice it's getting on and off that's a tricky bit yeah once, I you, think... figured out how to, once you figured out how to get off then <laughs> yeah i suppose <laughs> otherwise you've just got to keep going haven't you <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that, that wasn't your excuse was it you didn't you didn't start a land's end not for knowing how to get off no i do i do that because sometimes i'm riding along a trail or somewhere and people will yeah. shout it's one of the things people shout how do you get off and i just shout i can't and just kind of just, <laughs> just keep going <laughs> <laughs> fabulous <laughs> yes so yeah there is obviously yeah quite a bit of skill involved in in that um what kind Brilliant. of <laughs> got you kind of more interested in kind of the long distance was it just how far you could take it or was it <laughs> I suppose so I started off just doing I mean the, the, the race there are bunch races you know criterium races mm. many farms which uh, it's quite jaw-dropping to watch, actually. People are astounded when I tell them that this, this happens when they ask me about riding it. You get a bunch of 30 people racing for half an hour on the tight circuit, you know, yeah. shoulder to shoulder. It's 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 quite exciting. Um, so I go into that sort of racing. Um, there aren't that many races each year. You can imagine it's a bit niche. Um, <laughs> yeah. We all know each other quite well. Uh, but I just enjoyed riding it, so I started riding more and more. Mm. Uh, I'm just doing longer rides. Started uh, touring a bit on it with a, with a pannier on the back and the other. Um, but then I started looking at uh, records. I came across a page on a website with a list of uh, records, of penny, world records of penny farthings. Um, and they're quite astounding. They're really, you know, the records from the Victorian era. They, they, I mean, obviously the penny farthing was the height of technology at the time. Um, and the boys that rode these were the equivalent of, uh, 
you know, um, you know Chris Hoy uh, for sprint stuff or you yeah. know, uh, Geraint Thomas for endurance stuff, you know, for long distance racing. So the records are just jaw dropping. If you try and ride one and, and try and ride anything close to any of these records, um, the mind boggles really. Um, but they were the fastest thing on the road at the time. Yeah, because so they were going records, fast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they were. I mean, I mean, apart from a you know a bolting horse, these were these were the the fastest things on the road, and they must have been quite uh, quite mind blowing at the time, really. Uh, and particularly once I started to read about the people who who um, started racing long, really long distance, or looking at things like Lands End to Channel Groats, you know, in the Victorian era, the concept of getting on a bike and riding that far, it would be almost sort of superhuman kind of heroic type um, <laughs> thing to undertake you know yeah uh, definitely yeah uh, and it just got me thinking about the differences between um, then and now uh, the guy that set the record gp mills who did it in 1886 he lived in a in such a different world to us uh, in so many ways and i started to think of all the different things that i could use to make me better than him all the different influences all the things that, that are incomparable but basically it's just me on a on a penny farthing albeit a new penny farthing yeah. It's still essentially the same machine that he rode. It weighs the same. It's got solid tyres. It's got no gears. It's got no brakes that work very well. Um, it's got no free wheel. And that's exactly what he rode. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah, I suppose it's a lot more similar in some ways than, you know, the safety bikes, I think they're first called, as, as our bikes are nowadays. You know, there's been so many developments in the modern day bicycle, but penny farthings, yeah. because they're such a basic structure, I suppose, uh, uh, it's they're a lot more comparable but they yeah I, I suppose yeah. the differences probably came from more to do with the roads the surfaces the traffic the you know um, the modern gadgets we have nowadays like the gps and everything he'd have i assume just been <laughs> off a piece of paper and yeah good luck to him so well it's the thing i was curious about all the differences um some things which make it easier and some things which make it harder um mm which people are surprised by. I mean, the, the things that make it easier are fairly obvious. Uh, the, I think the biggest one that I had some criticism for and, and uh, kind of hot debate afterwards about the road surfaces, you know, people have said, well, it's, it doesn't compare because, you know, he wasn't riding on tarmac, uh, mm -hmm. which is true. Um, and some of the road surfaces would have been very poor, I'm sure. Um, but then there's a lot of other things to contend with on, on modern roads that he didn't have to deal with, uh, you know, traffic uh, conditions in, you know, conurbations right up through the West Midlands are appalling. You know, yeah, I had to yeah. ride on, on, on everything that, that modern roads can throw at you uh, from, from really grotty little gravelly back roads with really bad tarmac, which is probably not much different to what you rode on, to uh, A30 in Cornwall and Devon, which is like motorway traffic, you know, it's basically a, a motorway dual carriageway, which is not really where a penny filing should be. No, it's quite an epic road to, to ride along, isn't it? I've, I've only driven along it, luckily. But yeah, if, you, if you're going for the record attempt, it's the one to do, isn't it? Because everywhere well, else you've got, is you've got, lumpy. Exactly. You've <laughs> got to use the fastest, most efficient route. So I used the route that uh, that Michael Broadworth used um, three odd years ago to set uh, the new you know, modern bike record. Um, mm -hmm. So he gave me his, his uh, route for that, which I used. And uh, yeah, I was worried about that first day. I have to say I was very nervous, very anxious about... Uh, traffic yeah, yeah. Uh, but then there were things that made it easier for him um you know he rode um they used to ride paced at the time so they'd ride as a team of riders so they had riders in front of him all the time um you know so he could slipstream riders um and they'd also be navigating so he'd change riders as he went through the country so they'd know their local area so he didn't really need to worry too much about navigation because it was he was being led basically yeah yeah 
Um, and uh, there were there were things that you could uh, take to keep you awake at that time, cocaine-based. Um, <laughs> yes. Waiting for that, um, but that, that was the norm at the time. You know, you could take uh, get pick me up tonics from any chemist that uh, be cocaine-based. Yeah, because he did it on a ridiculously small amount of sleep as well, didn't he? Which is six hours, six quite hours incredible. Sleep. Yeah, I think that's you know I've done some <laughs> long audaxes with very little sleep in the time, but that's yeah, that's a whole new level, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. But you, you obviously managed to structure it um, to factor in a bit more rest time and a bit more shut eye, which I think was probably sensible from a safety point of view. Did you did you always have your time targets kind of set in place for, for your lead jog? Was there kind of a set plot, you know, distance you needed to do per day? Did you have an expected time you wanted to kind of complete in or was it just faster than the record? <laughs> It was basically just faster than the record. Although oddly, Guinness don't recognise his record, so oh, they set a target. Yeah. They set a target to beat of of two days longer than his record. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't interested in that really. You know, his record yeah. stands. That's what penny farthing riders recognise as a record. So that was the target. Um, but yes, we had we had um, a very carefully planned schedule, which we evolved over uh, a year or so. Um, the original. Plan Plans, the original way I was going to ride it, uh, we, we changed quite radically in the end. Um, spoke to a lot of people, um, a lot of help from people who've got uh, good knowledge about riding. I watched another penny farthing rider have a go a couple of years before, sort of dot watched him uh, and had a talk with him uh, <laughs> once he failed to find out, you know, what, what had gone wrong for him. And uh, probably one of the most helpful people I spoke to because it, it's, it's, you know, I, I tried to do everything I could to, to be successful, because you know, trying to break a record we really looked at every little individual we broke it down to all the components mm. and tried to analyze everything we could do to make it successful and to break the record but i don't know anybody who's written anything like that on a penny farthing you know in that, that time frame no. uh, and oddly enough there's nobody that could coach me in endurance penny farthing racing <laughs> <laughs> not, not that many coaches out there no, no. We, no, so we had to make it up uh, using advice from sports people but but starting from scratch in a way but there's one person I know who holds the record for unicycling from Lambson to John O'Groves. Oh, very good. Orleans. And that's mm -hmm. the closest I could find to what we were going to do. Uh, and he's a very helpful chap um, who makes penny farthings, uh, Roger Davis. And he holds that record. He did that in just short seven days. So it's oh. actually not, not that different. No. So he came out of a planning session with us and looked at the schedule we've been looking at and uh, made some changes. And then... Once we'd got a, a definite uh, plan of a schedule that we thought could work, yeah, then I had to start the training to yeah. make me capable of riding to that schedule. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at riding 200 miles a day uh, on a penny farthing and make that kind of normal-ish. Mm. I was used to going out and riding 50 miles tops. You know, yeah, yeah, which is a, a you know a solid ride for your average cyclist, isn't it? But yeah, it's it average. Yeah, and a penny farthing is probably twice as hard to push along as a, as a, a modern road bike in terms of yeah. you know, rolling resistance and wind resistance and what have you. Mm, so. Um, so for a penny farthing rider, 100 miles is like the ultimate target for a day ride. That's what you know, penny farthing riders aspire to. If you do a century, that's you've that's, ticked the box. You know, that's yeah, it. it's quite, a, uh, quite an achievement. And that's a big thing. So to, to try and potentially push it up to 170, 200 miles a day, repeatedly um that was the target so that was a year of of, of solid training on the penny farthing and uh, 
Yes, and I think we, we saw you, or, or I think yeah, you, actually you sped past us at one point on on one of the old axes. I, I forget which, um, whether it was your two hundred or your three hundred, but it was yes. It yeah, was. it was one of those, wasn't it? <laughs> they all blur a little bit after a while. But yes, it suddenly occurred to me that Ordax riding, and for those that don't know about Ordax riding, it's it's long distance um, personal challenge ride, isn't it? It's not a it's not a race. Um, it's it's run within minimum minimum and maximum time speeds with checkpoints. Um, so uh, you, you're not racing other people. You're just there to complete the ride yourself for the satisfaction of doing it. Um, and the people that put the rides together built them up over many years haven't they so there are some fantastic routes and it'll take you yes. places you wouldn't otherwise necessarily go and ride um, but they're, they're safe uh, long distance rides are different yeah different it's, it's a good way to challenge yourself to get around the, the course of the ride in, in the set time without it being necessarily competitive and you know like a lot of the sportive rides and things like that are a, a different kettle of fish really i think it it does make it a friendlier atmosphere doesn't it and it is yeah it, it is it the way to get the miles up certainly <laughs> <laughs> well exactly that's why i used it it suddenly occurred to me i think about it one day that the, the kind of minimum speed for all riding is the minimum speed that i'd need to break the record so mm. i thought well this is perfect training and also i've got to learn to navigate on the bike because you can't go and wreck your route well you can go and wreck your lands at the john groups if you've got the time but yeah and the money, <laughs> but I so i knew i'd have to ride it um blind although we've got a well-planned route i'm using gps and you can go on to Google Street View, you know, and check things out, which I did. You know, I spent a lot of time on Google Street View looking at busier areas. Um, but learning to navigate on the fly on the bike without stopping to look at a map, which is hard work on a penny farthing, you know, getting off, it slows you down much more than a regular bike. Yeah, so so that. Yeah. All the axes were perfect, you know, really ticked the box. So it's yeah, <laughs> a good way to train. Um, and you obviously did have a lot of support around you, you know, getting to the start line and then on the road as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I assume that was just a huge part of the success of the ride was everybody chipping in the, the different bits of advice beforehand and the, the crew on the road as well. I kind of feel like obviously it was it was your your challenge, your record, but there was a lot of people behind the scenes, too. Yeah, that, that's right. There were, there were a lot of people behind the scenes who weren't actually there on the expedition who, who I turned to for advice and support in, in various ways. Um, each bit, you know, I could pick, I could pick, I could list certain things. That I could say, well, that was probably the most important thing, or this was the most important thing. But actually, the whole package was the most important. You know, without each individual component, then then something could have failed. Um, but certainly, once out on the road, the support crew that were there were were, were vital to me. Um, I know people who've ridden it um, self-supported, um, and you, you you just could not do it at that sort of pace. Um, you need people looking after in terms of food and nutrition um, and having that, you know, somewhere to, to sleep ready for you uh, and a meal ready for you. Um, so, yeah, that was vital. And, and they're nice. Penny farthings are nice to ride. They're, they're, they're sort of comfortable for the first hour. <laughs> <laughs> and after two hours, they're OK. But after 16 hours, they're really, really not OK. So I, I had regular stop. You know, I stopped every hour for five minutes. So the crew was always there every hour you know they, they worked out where i'd be oh, goodness, it's a, a really uh, big commitment then isn't it it was really hard for them um yeah, yeah. so to be you know to i think well we did a test run um and i can't remember what it was a little bit earlier sort of late spring we did a test run up to lake district and back with mm. the support crew with vehicles to find out what, what would work and what would go wrong 
Um, and they, was, they were quite surprised by how quickly they had to move to catch up with me again. So they'd you know, do a service stop for me. And as soon as I jumped on the bike and disappeared, they'd have to pack everything up, clean whatever they cooked food in or prepared food in, get everything bundled back into the van, jump, jump in the van and try and leapfrog me and then stop. And no sooner they stopped and got things out, I was there again. You know, it's the same thing all over again. Yeah, goodness. Yeah. yeah. And when you're yeah. doing that hour after hour, it's, uh, and I've done it myself, I know how hard it is. Um, so we, we did do a lot of work in terms of preparing the crew for that. And um, did quite a lot of work on... on um, psychology of it all and how um it affects your emotions when you get tired um, mm. i've been involved in things before that have failed because not because your body's failed but because you, you what you're thinking stops you you know it's yeah your, your processes hard. slow down significantly don't they i think um, they do and 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 if the, the the negative side of your brain decides things are going wrong and uh, you know yeah. starts getting cross about things and it, it just <laughs> It can be completely not a disaster. You know, yeah. I know a friend of mine who, who did the, uh, the race across America, Chris Hopkinson, he, uh, mm. his crew chief, you know, they, they fell out halfway across the States and his crew chief oh, no. just said, you know, <laughs> I'm going home. I'm going to go on and get on a plane. I'm going, bye. He's gone. <laughs> and, uh, and I've experienced it myself. So as well, that could be the biggest, you know, disaster in the whole thing is, is me just... Uh, bottling it you know it's kind of self-sabotaging but the same for the crew you know they, they were they're good friends and um couples you know yeah yeah they're extremely tired and they're living in really close quarters and things could go wrong and um i was just well aware that afterwards whatever happened we still wanted to be friends all of us <laughs> uh, but wanted to give it the best chance of, of succeeding so we had some um, great help from uh, chimp management professor steve peters um, oh, very there. good yeah yeah, um, and Tim Buckle, who works for him, I've met in the past coaching youth cyclists. Mm. Uh, he's he's a force of nature. He's he's a <laughs> terrific chap, um, and he gave us a lot of help talking to the crew, but also challenging me. Um, we spent a lot of time trying to work out why it was I wanted to do this thing. Okay, yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's the most critical thing because if you if you get to a you know a tough spot. Mm. You don't really know why you're doing it. That's the point. <laughs> yes. Why on earth am I here at two o'clock in the morning, standing in the rain? Yeah. So I don't know whether you, I don't know whether you've given this much thought, but you know, uh, yes, what I did was hard. You know, it was yeah. the hardest thing I've ever done in a five-day timescale. But what you're going to go through is uh, <laughs> yes. a different level again. You know, it, so. it will be yes, and um, I think you know. The, well, the key things will be um, we won't have the luxury of one of us riding off because <laughs> well, one bike. Like, so. yeah, I've done some tandem riding and I'm aware that it's, uh, you know, you you can get two great people who can ride bikes really well, but put them together on tandem. And, and, and it can be a complete off. recipe for disaster sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can get two, two fairly average riders who, you know, put them on a tandem together and it just works and then yeah. they just fly. But you've yeah. got to be in sync all the time, haven't you? And you're going to have, I guess ups and downs at different times which mm, it is of, tricky but then sometimes that pans out because if one of us is down and the other's up that can help as a balancer i think it's the, the, the really tricky bit comes when we're both down and it's yeah yeah they they tend to be the, the yeah. i think you know that's the kind of the long distance nordax mentality as well i think we've, we've seen us through quite a few tricky ones so far but yeah the biggest ones yet to come so yeah, I think you're quite right. The the psychology of it is is something that will pay, play a big part. And yeah, it will be 
interesting. Yeah, because when you get when you get to those um, those really down moments, um, mm. it's difficult to be um, it's difficult to have logical thought processes. They go out the window. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when you when you slow down and yeah, you and and that's when you, you make mistakes, you forget things. It's yeah, you leave your gloves mm. on a bench or something like that as well. So yeah, yeah. We spent a while talking through with, with Tim Buckle what, what the different situations were that were gonna be try trying to second guess what was gonna go wrong mm. effectively, you know, what what would be the most difficult things to deal with. And we wrote a list of them. Mm. And we spent a while discussing what the logical outcome for those is. Yeah. So to pre-prepare the uh, the chimp bit of my brain, the angry bit of my brain. So when when it got angry about it, I could just say, "Well, we've, we've discussed this already. You know, you knew about this. Yeah. But it's not going to kill you. You know. Yeah. It's Get essentially a risk it. assessment, isn't it? So yeah. It's a risk assessment, but as I say, pre-programming yourself so you yeah. you can be as ready for that as possible. And it sounds a bit daft, but I was watching um, some video back of it that Cameron took, and, and there was a particular moment on day three in the afternoon. When that happened, um, and there was an incident, I was uh, that was probably the lowest point on the ride for me. It suddenly was all going wrong, and it was way too hard, and it was way too far to go. It's just grim, really grim. It's horrible road surfaces and horrible wind, and I was just feeling fearful things, you know, <laughs> starting to get really nasty saddle sores. I was really laughed off, and there was yeah. just something that happened with the crew, and it and it just really threw me because um, it wasn't something we planned, you know, and something wasn't right. And uh, had I not sort of prepared for it, then. Could easily have spat my dummy out, and you know, crew were getting tired at that point. And if I start getting cross with them, they get cross with me. It's, you know, <laughs> but it did work. That kind of thinking it through in advance, and it was one of those things that we thought through in advance about, you know. And it's, it's one of the things um, I, I would actually I rewatched your video recently, and just every time the camera's on you, you look happy to be there <laughs> and I'm not convinced that was the case for the whole ride but yeah you just you did exude this kind of air of yeah you you just seemed very calm and collected considering which I thought was was quite admirable so I think there there might be something in that <laughs> and yeah I think it's certainly for well, us I think at the end of the day you know it's something that I'd wanted to do um for quite a long time and so to be uh, um miserable or grumpy or angry about things during it wouldn't a wouldn't have helped the, the attempt and it was all about trying to break a record and b you know I wouldn't enjoy it you know so yeah. put the tunes on get some headphones on you know <laughs> scenery and you know the things that were fun the, the, the discomforts of it I'd already accepted that was going to happen so you just accept it's going to happen and get on with it yeah, um, yeah move on yeah. But... playlist playlist music <laughs> that was really important to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely definitely we'll have to get some. i don't know whether you ever listen to music on the bike at all it's probably a bit different on a tandem when you're talking yeah. to it we don't we rarely do at the moment we have used it of um some of the late night rides to keep us awake essentially and keep us going so it might be yeah yeah that works really well yeah yeah, yeah. really cheesy have some songs on and things like that so yeah it could be yeah the, i've got some lovely depths of, of goodness knows where pumping out some fairly <laughs> hideous beats sometime <laughs> yes one of, one of those audax rides that uh, that you were on that i was riding it, was, uh, it ended up being a 200 miler for me and uh, a friend came mm. to join me on a regular bike and penny farthing's a bit slower than than, than he'd, he'd ride normally on a nice carbon fiber road bike but yeah. we got into the dark you know that we'd set off at whatever five o'clock in the morning we we're sort of heading back late at night to dark and it was extremely cold that ride really cold as well and it went dark and we got a bit of problem with navigation and he was getting slow and I just put he didn't realize I got his headphones on I put some tunes on 
Mm. And later on, he said, uh, when we finished, he said, well, how did you ride through the evening then? When it went dark, all of a sudden, you just got faster and faster and faster. There's no idea. Cycling to the tempo. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's little things like that that can make all the difference, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and not only, yeah, was the the record of you know massive achievement itself. I think your, your amazing work raising such a, a fantastic amount for for charity too, and that was obviously, yeah, you know, it's it came off the back of that. But as well, you also got quite involved with getting sponsorship to kind of get you off the ground as well, and I think from our point of view there's an interesting parallel because yeah we're looking for sponsorship at the moment to get us to the start line and then once we're there we'd we'd look at raising money for charity too um how did you go about kind of finding your sponsorship was it hard was it <laughs> did it just kind it of come hard, about yeah. it's very difficult one of the people that helped me to start with um is lee timmis i don't know whether you know lee uh, he holds the um the trans-european record I think Steve has friends of a, you know, friends of a friend. There is a link there somewhere. So, yeah, we it hope to speak to him at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I've not met him and uh, somebody suggested I have a, have a chat with him and um, gave him a call and he popped round. I'll pop round and have a chat, he said. He was here all day. I mean, literally all day. <laughs> uh, talking about, you know, record breaking and riding and uh, it was a... Oh, I'll have to get him on the podcast then. He sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> He's a really interesting chap to talk to. I'm sure he will um, give you lots of helpful advice. Um, and I forgot what it was that we were talking about now in terms of sponsorship. advice. <laughs> sponsorship. <laughs> sponsorship. And I know, I know he struggled with sponsorship as well. And he had a, a, um, a target date for, for riding front of Europe to try to break the record. And I think yeah. he had to put it back because he just couldn't get the sponsorship. Yeah, I think and, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And, it... and um, yeah, the, the distance I was covering was nothing compared with what he was covering um, across Europe. And you, and you need a support crew with you for that. So obviously the costs are not, not insignificant. And, mm. and he didn't have the finance to just do it himself. Yeah. Uh, end to end, when I first thought about doing it, I, I foolishly thought, Get a bloke in a van, you know, with a, with a mass and back. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll run the bike. You know, it's, how hard can it be? You know, yeah. physically hard, obviously, but in terms of uh, logistics, can't that difficult? But then once <laughs> we start to break it down and look at what you actually need to do to break a record, because record breaking is hard. It doesn't matter what the record is. You know, people have tried these things, they're utmost. So, you know. There's a reason it's a record, essentially. Isn't there? There's a reason it's a record. It's going to be hard. So you've got to do absolutely everything you can to try and, you know. Yeah getting that little bit for yourself so yeah it wasn't cheap for us um we would have done it um without finding sponsorship one way or another but it wouldn't have been as easy to do and possibly not successful i don't really know um because mm. we had several vehicles out on the road and uh, you know i think eight nine people involved in looking after me at different stages during the event um so i started looking for sponsorship um taking advice from various people and various contacts and sending letters and emails and um Anyway, I could think of getting in touch with people, and I just got nowhere. Just got absolutely nowhere. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. actually, given up, yeah, we, we we put a lot of effort into. It. And at one point, I said to my wife, "Look, we can spend we can put a lot of effort into trying to find sponsorship, mm. or I can go out and do some training." Yeah. But if I don't go out and do the training, it's not going to happen it's anyway. It's not going to happen so, anyway. So, yes. so let's, let's just knock that on the head now, and we'll just you know we'll fund it ourselves. But let's have to cut back on on how we do it. Mm. And my wife. She's fantastic. She backed me all the way with all this. Uh, and in the end, it just happened to be a chance conversation. One of my sisters talking to a friend of hers at an event she was at. Um, the lady's got no interest whatsoever in, in 
endurance cycling or, yeah. or record breaking just thought it was a fantastic thing to do and a great course to do it for so she said yeah i can i can fund that oh, and she just happens that she, she, runs, she runs a business um where she does try and back something mm. locally some sort of uh, charity or fundraising of some sort that's, that's a little bit different and unusual each year so uh, yeah she just funded it just like that purely by chance yeah yeah well we'll, not, we'll be not, keeping not our fingers crossed <laughs> Not greatly encouraging for you in your search for sponsorship. But, no, no, but it's, just, it's one of these things you just got to keep on plugging at it, I think. So yeah. that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. But, and I think you know, there is something to be said for like the reception as well. I, I think when you're doing something a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit quirky, I think you know it does engage with people more. And um, I think potentially, yeah. We find this on the tandem quite often. You you ride back, you get a smile or a wave, and not absolutely necessarily yeah. when you would have if you you were just on a solo bike. And yeah, I do get all the she's got a feet off on the back as well, but <laughs> it's usually in good humour. And I, I I suspect it's even more so for you. Um, I, I don't know if you remember it was um doing part of your training, I imagine, but we passed you um just outside of Ashbourne and you're coming along the very lumpy B road between um, Worksworth and Ashbourne and came flying yeah. past us and I thought, blimmin' heck. <laughs> and it's it's quite a sight to see you on a yeah. On, on a penny so yeah I imagine you do get a very good response from it yeah it is it is one of the one of the joyous things about it whenever I go out for a ride there's you know lots of smiling faces and waving or I mean one of the, one of the nicest things is conversation you know when I stop I usually have a, end up having a conversation with somebody I've never met before just because yeah. they're intrigued about it and want to find out about it and uh, yes you end up talking to, to folks you'd never meet in conversations that you'd never have and it sort of opens doors in strange ways which is yeah. which is really nice it's kind of how how it should be for everybody <laughs> it isn't yeah but please, yeah. Don't, please don't all start writing penny farthings because it won't be anymore. when i uh, when i completed the end thing um and it did uh it knocked me to six you know it was it was months before i could ride without pain and bike uh, mm. and uh, and the sore rear end it took a long time to recover as well but so we stopped, when I started riding again I started riding a regular bike for a little while and I was out for a ride with my wife somewhere and we've been out for two or three hours and riding bits of trail and she's, she's we stopped and she turned to me and said uh, it's not very nice this is it nobody's talking to us today strangely quiet this world of niceness and you get on a normal bike and it ignores you or worse as you know out on the roads you know drives too close or cuts you up on junctions or yeah. you know yeah I bet, I bet they give a penny farthing or a wide berth as well don't they because yeah really yeah it's it's really potentially a very dangerous bike to ride but in a lot of ways it's a very safe bike to ride because uh, car drivers are not quite sure i suspect um, how safe i am <laughs> they give me lots of room wave me through junctions you know really really nice oh, very good. yeah and so, are you, are you back on the penny now, or is it is it still? Uh... I am. <laughs> yes. I'm back on the penny now. Yeah, yeah. No, I had a ride on the, on a regular bike uh, recently one evening after I finished work, and it was really unpleasant. Mm. As I say, you know, it was a Friday evening, so people were in a rush, and there was some quite aggressive yeah. driving and lots of hooting of horns at me for no reason whatsoever because I wasn't doing anything wrong at all. Mm. Uh, but I got home and I just I just felt quite. Um, quite angry about it that that, that cycling can be like that, and uh, yeah. so no. 
got back on the penny following again the next day and started riding us again. <laughs> <laughs> For now, it's a, it's a, a nice way to put um, yeah, a smile on people's faces, isn't it? And mm. have, have you got any more plans for the future? Or is it just purely riding for the joy and the fun of it now? I, I try. I, I like, <laughs> I like the idea of riding for the fun of it, for the, for the pleasure of it. Um, but there's, there's something about um, the need for a challenge to encourage me to, to ride and, and mm. stay fit, which I'm not at the moment. I, find it, I found it very hard to get riding again after end to end. Yeah. Um, I went through a phase of depression afterwards. Mm. Um, and I've talked to other endurance athletes about this and it seems to be it's a like not the, uncommon trend yeah it's like the post-adventure blues isn't it I think yeah, it's yeah and of... it can be really quite severe yeah um, yeah it's one to watch out for um, and I do know people who've um, got to the point of, of um, self-harming after after a big event you know it's mm. you know, it can be quite severe. and it did not move for six my wife pointed out to me um, sometime late in the autumn, early winter, mm. that, that I was depressed, and I hadn't realised it. It's kind of sunk into this. Uh, yeah, you're just stuck in a rut. Yeah. Yeah, everything we've worked for over the last year has gone fantastically well and broken a world record, and yeah. it's all great. And, uh, and I've just sat there kind of <laughs> <laughs> feeling blue. And it took, it took a while to get over it and, yeah. uh, and get right. Again. And then, of course, we hit, uh, hit the good whole, old um, yeah, lockdown pandemic, so. which uh, makes getting out and riding particularly long distance difficult. Mm. And training, I found it quite hard to to ride during that for some reason so yeah I've been quite quite slack to get going again <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are one or two things I'd like to do one of the things I did want to do um was have a go at uh, 24 hour time trial on the penny farthing yes that would um, be exciting GC Mills <laughs> his record I was breaking he he, he rode those events um you know, back in the day um would have been one of the events that's now the national 24-hour time trial yeah only one, time, only one event that happens now the national 24-hour time trial yeah. um and i've written it on modernish bikes and it's, it's a cracking obscure bizarre yeah, steve's had a, a bash at that as well and yeah it sounds like something yeah completely <laughs> completely different um, it is it is and uh, the only reason I, I wrote it initially was that i'd read a letter in cycling weekly which said this this event is outdated and it shouldn't be happening in more than <laughs> time it was knocked on the head and I thought well I, if it's if it's going to be knocked on the head I need to go and, need to go and experience it before it's gone um it's a bit like you know I need to go and ride the nuts for a great race because it's only once every 10 years and it's probably my only chance to ride it in this, yeah, this time it's too old <laughs> so I went and rode down it and it's a, and it's, it's gained hugely in popularity again like other sporting things like hill climbs which were yeah. which were dying 20 years ago you know now yeah. now Super people surgeons yeah yeah. absolutely so I, I wanted to ride that event on the penny farthing but um the organizer um doesn't see uh, it the way i see it <laughs> to quote him doesn't want to turn his event into a circus so um that's not going to happen <laughs> oh dear. well you never know <laughs> things might change so if i can, if I can get my, my uh, act together and get some training done then uh then it's, it's a possible we'll see wow. so yeah it'd be exciting to watch this space definitely <laughs> <laughs> but I certainly love you putting the penny farthing away. I, I, if I'm going out for a ride, I do have to think hard about whether I'm going to uh, ride a, a regular bike or stick to the penny. It's, 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 Glad it's, to hear it. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, I have just got some tandem trivia questions. <laughs> None of wow. them are too <laughs> too intimidating. I hope. I think you, you've you've answered the first one already, which would have been, "Have you ridden a tandem?" And I think you, you mentioned you you have um, 
experimented on I, in tandem. <laughs> I have in various ways, yeah. We had a tandem for a while, um, which I rode with my daughter, and we did a little bit of time trialling. I had a season time trialling on, on a fantastically fast tandem with a, with Chris Hopkinson, who I was talking about, oh, who wow. runs North America. He, uh, he's, a, he's another force of nature. He's got a, um, you know, uh, do or die mentality. He'll, he'll keep going to a broken man, you know, and he'll still keep going. He's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he was the first person that showed me you can keep riding as long as you want. Just yeah. keep fueling, get your yeah. head right, keep going, and you'll be amazed how far you'll go. Definitely. Um, and we had a go at end-to-end uh, -end on a tandem at the record um, mm. many years ago. Uh, the attempt failed, but, you know, we had a season time trying and building up to that. So that was... Yeah, wow. That was quite an experience. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and I've also played down at the... I said played um, on tandems down at the arena at Derby, the indoor track, uh, piloting for... VI riders, which is an absolute hoot. That's I bet, yeah. So, yeah, you've got quite a bit of experience then. Um, and if if you were on tandem, who would you, if you could choose anybody in the world, alive or dead, doesn't need to be a cyclist even, who would you have on your tandem with you? Oh, my goodness, that's a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t I'll tell you straight, I'll tell you who I'd have on the tandem with me. I'd have GP Mills with me. Um, oh, fantastic. I, I thought so much about him. Um when undertaking this record and about what what life was like for him at the time and if you look at a photograph of him i'll tell you what you wouldn't mess with him you look at his eyes he looks like a tough <laughs> old boy I mean, yeah. he must have done what he was doing in that era you know, oh this, he must have had some steely nature yeah he rode um i can't one of the one of the first long distance races in in france which finished in Paris. i can't remember what race it was but uh, i think he shot five dogs en route you know cyclists at the time would carry <laughs> It was standard to carry a, a revolver with you. Uh, you were thinking of carrying a water pistol. <laughs> Maybe not a revolver. <laughs> you could buy a cyclist revolver. You know, they were advertised in cycling magazines to deal with um, rabid dogs and tramps and, yeah. and whatever. Protect yourself. So how different it was. So I'd love to have him on the back and have a chat about, you know, his experience of cycling compared with mine. Just to uh, the code wouldn't that be great yeah that well that was going to be my question are you on the front or the back but it sounds like yeah you're you're taking him for a oh, ride well, <laughs> <laughs> i've ridden i've ridden on the back uh briefly uh somebody took me for a ride in, in, in the arena on the on the back of the tandem <laughs> yeah so flying on the back of the tandem this is you know top top speed rider yeah terrifying absolutely terrifying once you're used to being in control on a bike to it's, uh, it's very hard to switch off isn't it and yeah if, uh, if so, i've not so been on the back for a while like, it takes me a bit of a yeah it mind takes switch. A while to get used to it doesn't it yeah definitely definitely yeah mm. and you, you do have to have a lot of faith in in the person on the front especially if you're Huge amount. yeah yeah moving at speed so not only that, but you, 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 your field of vision is a lot less, isn't it? So you don't see as much on the back. Yeah, somebody very kindly pointed out to me, I'm going to spend 18,000 miles staring at Steve's lower back, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Which will obviously be a delight, but I get the views from the side. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's not, it's not quite all feet up on the back, but yes, it's, um, yeah, there's, there's pros and cons, shall we say. <laughs> um. And then, yeah, obviously we're, we're joined by the frame on the bike, um, as it were. What are you joined by the frame to on your rides? What can you not go on a ride without, be it like a food item or a bit of kit? Or is there something that you'd always take with you on a ride? That's your kind of... Uh, what would I take with me on a ride? I try to take as little as possible. I seem to end up taking more and more these days. Um, <laughs> 
I usually, I use, when I go out and riding now, I usually take, I, we were talking about music. I have um, a pair of bone induction headphones. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Walter gave me. Um, so for those who don't know, rather than uh, putting it in your ear, they press on the bones just in front of your ear mm. and the sound transmits to the inside of your head through the bones, um, which sounds a bit witchcrafty and it is. The sound quality is fantastic. But yeah, you can I've still hear tried them, yeah. You're not. Oh, you need to try some. <laughs> when we can get together, when we're allowed to, you'll have to go on my yeah. um, And so you can still hear everything. You can hear traffic, you can have conversations, yeah. but you can hear the music um, in your head. Um, and so for long rides, um, I mean, sometimes I ride without and sometimes with, but mm. for long rides, when you're getting a bit tired, we're talking about new flagging, you know, having some good music or, or a podcast to listen to. Um, yeah. yeah, the That's miles just fly by and you kind of and somehow enjoy the, the scenery and what's going on even more. Yeah. So that's what I would, would not go without now. I've got used to them. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Very good. Um, and one last question. Why should we ride a tandem around the world? <laughs> Why would you not ride a tandem around the world? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Why would you not do it? Um, <laughs> I don't know why are you riding a tandem around the world. Oh goodness, I know. <laughs> Maybe you should think about that. Who's that idea was it first? I, I think if you, you asked my husband, I think he would definitely say it was mine. But I think there was a bit of a, a joint idea in there somewhere. You know, I think, yes, I think. I think it's something we've been building up to with the kind of the cycling we're doing. I mean, we, we did our own lead jog this summer, albeit at a much slower pace than yours. I think we took over it's twice probably a nice the time as well. <laughs> in places, although it did have its moments. But yes, I think it's it's just. But why, of, yeah, why, why would you not want to, given all the wonderful experiences you're going to have and the things you're going to see? Yeah, yeah, and um, 180 days That's staring it. at Steve's back. <laughs> question is once you've done it and uh, and you've completed it but you've done it pretty fast to try and break a record yeah the bit, bits you've missed will you be setting off again to go and do another lap well that's the thing we, we're seeing this as the ultimate world recce so we'll just pick all the best bits and go back for them yeah. another day <laughs> fantastic thank you thank you so much richard it's been great to talk to you and there's been loads of useful useful tips in there so i really appreciate it and hopefully anybody listening has, has got some great advice as well and hopefully i'll be able to um catch you on the, the roads of derbyshire <laughs> sometime yeah let's hope so we can make it some rides before too long well all the best i hope it goes well um, and i shall follow this with great interest oh great thank you very much <laughs> my pleasure